Well, turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 6, we're continuing, of course, our study of the Gospel of Luke, and we're seeing the ministry of Jesus. It's in the early years, first part of the ministry. He's in the northern part of Israel. He's around the Sea of Galilee, and what he's doing is healing and teaching. He's showing his authority. See, he wants them to know that he indeed is the Savior, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Messiah. We're in a famous section, which we often call the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is on this long, sloping hill, and, and he's teaching. And not only is he teaching, but he's healing. A large crowd has come. He has chosen the twelve. There's some great things happening. As we study this section, there's some truths here, I, I believe, that we look at. We can say, this is how we can live in a fallen world. Now, we call this Sermon on the Mount, and I told you this earlier, that in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, if you flipped over there, don't do it now, but three chapters in Matthew record what Jesus taught that day, that time. Luke doesn't go into all the details. He doesn't record all of this. Starting about verse 20 and going through the end of the chapter, verse 49, Luke gives us some specifics. And as we look at that, we're going to see some of the things that he has taught us. This morning, I think it's vital, it's important, it's very practical. He deals with the whole issue of judging and condemning and forgiving. There's two verses I read. We're actually going to look at one verse this morning, verse 37, and we're going to look at verse 38 next week. We'll see how it fits together. We live in a fallen world. There are going to be people who hate us. There are going to be people who are enemies. In fact, he talked about it last time. He talked about uh, love those your enemies, hate, uh, do good to those who hate you, bless those that curse you. We know that Jesus said, if they hated me, they hate you. Uh, they will hate you. So we live in a fallen world. How do we live when people do us wrong? How do we live when somebody sins? How do we live when, uh, when, when, when all of these things do it? What do we do? How do we deal do we judge? And what does it mean to judge? Because this verse says, do not judge. But we'd say, we're not supposed to ever judge if somebody's doing sin or something. And if we went up to somebody and said, you know, you've done wrong, and they look at me and said, you're not supposed to judge. The Bible says you're not supposed to judge. What does this mean? How does it fit? What about pardoning and forgiving and being forgiven? How does this fit? This passage, I think, will help us as we seek to live for Jesus Christ in a fallen world. And I think if we make application of these truths... It will change our lives. Now, we know that. that. We know that's true in every passage. When you go to the Word of God and if you live at what it says, you will be a different person. Some of these things are so vital. Judging, forgiving, giving, all of these things. We'll see how it fits together. May we understand <clears throat> these truths this morning. Well, we all have friends and we all have enemies. Now, we'd say it's strange that, that somebody wouldn't like us, right? I mean, you'd look at you and you'd say, who wouldn't like you or who wouldn't like me? But there's some people who don't like us. They're our enemies. The truth is this. When you stand for Jesus Christ in a fallen world, naturally people in the fallen world doesn't like you. And as we go through life, we're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to do us wrong. Listen to this. Sometimes people do you wrong and, and it's accidental. They didn't really mean to do it. They were going, and, and you say, you know, that, that was bad. That hurt. And, and they could say to you, I didn't really mean to do that. Sometimes people do you wrong, and they do you wrong on purpose. They plan to do it wrong. They, they knew they would hurt you. They did it on purpose. How do we respond when people hurt us, when they do us wrong? Whether they do it wrong on purpose or on purpose, not, not on purpose or on purpose. What, what do we do? Let, let, me, let me name some things we can do when somebody hurts us. We can act like it didn't hurt us. We can say, it's no big deal. You can bury the hurt. You can say, oh, that didn't bother me. That didn't really bother me at all. You know, sticks and stones will break your bones. Words will never hurt you. That didn't hurt me. You could do that. Or you could get mad and say, you know, one of these days, I'm going to look for the time. Maybe not right now, but one of these days there's going to be a time that I'm going to be able to get them back. You know, I saw a bumper sticker that said, I don't get mad, I get even. And, and that's, that's what this is. You know, I'm going to get them back one day because they deserve to be punished because they've done wrong. 
Sometimes when people do wrong, we say, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to them and I'm going to demand an apology. And you might do that. And sometimes you go to somebody and you say, you did me wrong and I demand that you apologize. And some people will say, you know, I didn't even realize I did you wrong or I didn't mean to. And some people will say, what is that to me? I don't care. I didn't do you wrong. And if I did you wrong, that's just tough for you. You're just too sensitive. What else could we do? Well, you could say, look, that's it. I'm cutting them off. They hurt me, but I'm not going to have anything to do with them anymore. In fact, when I see them, I'll just ignore them. I'll just ignore them, you know, because they hurt me. And if they're going to hurt me, that's how I'm going to deal with it. Or you could forgive. That was the last in the list. But what does that mean? What does it mean to forgive? That means you don't think about it anymore? That means you don't remember it? Does that mean they didn't really hurt you? Does that mean you don't have feelings about this? What does it mean to forgive? Well, this morning... We continue in our study of the Gospel of Luke. Luke has this teaching on Sermon on the Mount, and he deals with judging and condemning and forgiving, because he uses the word pardon. Pardon, and you will, you know, uh, pardon, and you will be pardoned. What does that mean? How does it all fit? What do we do, and how do we deal with those who hurt us? There's a lot in this section, and as I said earlier, there's some great truths that if we will live these out, it will change our lives. So let's begin. Jesus is on the long top of this long, sloping hill, and he spent the entire night in prayer, and the next morning he got up, he chose, called his disciples together, and then he chose 12 men to be his apostles, and then they come down, and they get to a level place. This large crowd has come, and you can almost be like an amphitheater. Jesus is standing on the mountain looking back up, and there's all these people out there and it said there were people from all over there were even gentiles there there were jews that were from the south they're from the north they've all come to hear him it says this healing ministry is going on it says people just wanted to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all and it says he was teaching them and we're going to see what he did we call this the Sermon on the Mount. Let me give you the outline. We've seen this already, but this is the outline for the sermon, this sermon on the Sermon on the Mount from Luke 20 through 26. We saw blessing and woes. We saw that already. He basically said, here are the blessings to those who believe. Here are the woes to those who don't believe. And then in 27 through 36, which we saw last time, is dealing with enemies. How do we treat those who, and, and you know, it's so incredible because he said, what you do with the person that doesn't like you is you love your enemy and you do good to the one who hates you. And you bless the one you say the good things about, those who say bad things about you. And you pray for those who mistreat you. And we go, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Only in the power of God can we do it. Then uh, we got to the third part, which is where we are today, 37, 38. And even though there's two verses, and you can say, we could go through those, and we could go through them fairly quickly. But I think there's so much there. He's talking about judging and condemning and forgiving. And then he's also talking about giving. And that's next week. We're going to look at that. He says, give and it'll be given to you. Give and it'll be given to you. What will be given to you? What does it mean by your standard of measure will be measured to you in return? How does all this fit? We'll see that. And then 39 through 45, examining others. But it's a hard passage because people have used this and, and they just pull it out and they say this and this and we'll see how it fits. And then last but not least, the last part is building on the word. And he talks about how you build your life and what's the foundation. And there's some great things there. Well, we saw he first gave the Beatitudes. And he showed the contrast between a believer and an unbeliever, and both now and in the future. Then he taught on how we deal with those who hate us, our enemies. Love them, do good, speak well, pray for them. The goal is to be like Christ. Because he said, when you do that, he himself is kind to the ungrateful and evil. He said, you're just living like, like God. That's how he wants you to be. And now we come to, I think, to a hard section. And it's two things that go together, I think, in this little section is... 
Uh, I, I think that I think there's a slide before that. Yeah. This week, judging and forgiving. This is what we're seeing this week. And then next week is giving. So judging and forgiving. He puts in there judging, condemning, forgiving. We'll see how that fits together. This morning, those truths. Next week, the giving things. As I stated earlier, and, and, and this is so hard because when you, when you study Sermon on the Mount, you say, well, there's a few things in here that I don't really know exactly what he's saying. So it's, some of it's hard. Some of it, we do, it's, we, it's not that we don't know what he's saying. We're just saying that's going to be pretty hard to do. It's going to be pretty hard to say good about the one who says bad about us. Even today, don't judge. You'll be judged. We'll have to raise the question, what does it mean to judge somebody? And, and aren't we supposed to judge? And, and don't, you know, don't condemn. You won't be condemned. Pardon, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. And you could say, but I, I thought I already was forgiven. We'll talk about it. We'll see how it fits together. Well, as we begin, there is a principle in this section, this little section that you need to understand. It's the principle we just saw. The principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is this. Whatever you put in, you get out. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you reap life. You put in bad, you're going to get back bad. You do good, you're going to get back good. It's that principle that, that, that whatever you put in comes back. You forgive, you're forgiven. You give, you're blessed. That's just the way it is. And we want to see how this fits in this passage. Now, in this little section, there are three, three commands. Do not judge, do not condemn, and pardon and forgive. So two are negative. Don't judge, don't condemn. The other is positive. He says, do forgive. Do forgive. So we'll see those as we go through. Let's start with the first one. And that's judging. Do not judge. Notice verse 37. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, you'll not be condemned. Pardon, you'll be pardoned. He says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Now, and this principle is, as you, if you're going to judge, you're going to be judged. Now, the word judge has this idea. It literally means to come to a conclusion, to take a position, to assign guilt. To judge something, you're saying, you know, that's wrong. That's wrong. So judge means to look at something and make some kind of decision. Do not judge. What does this mean? You mean you mean you, you see a person and they steal and you say, well, I'm not supposed to say it's wrong to steal because the Bible says don't judge. I, I, who am I to judge? And you go to a friend who's doing something wrong and you know it's wrong and they know it's wrong and you say, you know that's wrong and they say, who are you to come to me? Bible says don't judge. You know the Bible. You can't judge me. Is this what he's saying? Do not judge and you'll not be judged? Well, what does this mean? Well, there's two aspects of the word when it talks about judging something. The first one is the aspect of sin. When a person does wrong, when they have sin in their life, and you know about it, you're close enough to them that you know about it, you do judge them. Based on the word of God, when a person is sinning, they're doing wrong, you can go to them and say, I love you, you know this is wrong, you need to stop that. Let, let me help you get back right. First Corinthians chapter 6, Paul judged the man in Corinth who was having sexual relations with his stepmother. Paul said it was wrong. Paul said, I have judged him already. Remove him from the body. So Paul said, it's okay to judge. In Galatians, it says, you that are spiritual, help restore those 
who are weak. And he's talking about those who have fallen into sin. You go to them and you help restore them. We are able to judge, but it's based on the Word of God. So when it says, do not judge, he's not talking about that we see sin based on God's Word, and you go to a person and you say, that's wrong, you should not do it. But you know why? You're not the judge. The Word of God is the judge. It's not your opinion that what this person is doing is wrong. It is the Word of God that says they're wrong. So ultimately, you're not the one doing the judging. The Word of God is doing the judging, and you are God's representative. So when we judge, we judge actions. If we go to someone and say, you're doing something wrong, and they say, who are you to judge me? You say, I'm not judging you. It's the Word of God that is judging you. So when this passage says, do not judge, that's not what it's talking about. And that means in our lives, in the body of Christ, whenever there is sin, whenever there's known sin, and whenever you're close enough to a person that knows about it, it's okay in the love of Jesus Christ that you go to them and you say, that's wrong, I love you, let me help you get right. You're not judging them. The Word of God is judging them. When it says, do not judge, and you will not be judged, this is talking about things like the motives. Because you can't tell a person's motive. You don't know what their attitude or their motive is. This is talking about things in which the Scripture doesn't speak. See, there's some people who say, you know, it's wrong to go to movies. Wait a minute, the Bible doesn't say that. You can't come to a person and say, shouldn't go to a movie. The Bible doesn't say that. That's your opinion. You can't judge a motive of a person. You can't say, they just think they're so sharp. You don't know that. You don't know what they think. So when it says, do not judge and you will not be judged, he's dealing with the issues of motives. He's dealing with the issues of attitudes and motives that you can't see, that you don't know. I've got to tell you a story. Back in the old, when we had the old building back over there, and we used to meet over there, we had a girl that was Miss Oklahoma, and she was in uh, Miss America pageant, and boy, she could sing, uh, and I, I knew her really well. She was so wonderful. She was one of the great girls, great girls. And sometimes she'd sing on Sunday mornings, like how these girls just sang so incredibly. She would get up, and she was so trained and polished that she'd get up and sing, and you're thinking you're at a concert. You'd be going, wow. And, and she'd sit down. And I remember one time a person came to me and said, I wrote it down. I didn't want to forget it. You know, when she thinks, she just thinks she's so special. She just wants people to see herself. She just wants to show off. And I said, you don't know that. You can't judge that. You don't know her motives for singing. You don't know what she's thinking when she's up there singing. You can't judge that. You can't judge a person's motives. And when he says, do not judge, lest you'll be judged, or you won't so that you won't be judged, he's talking about the motives and the things we can't judge. We're not the judge of that. We can judge actions. We can't judge motives. We don't know. And he says, when you do that, it's going to come back on you. Others are going to do the same. And by the way, God can judge you. He can judge your actions, and He can judge your motives, because He will. So the first one, He says, do not judge. You won't be judged. Don't judge motives, things that the Bible doesn't speak about. You don't have the right to do that. You can't do it. You can judge actions, but not motives. second one is very similar to it. He says, do not... And he says, and... Uh, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. 
the word condemn has the idea of you're declaring that they're wrong, and not only they're wrong, but they deserve punishment for this thing. You know, you're going to be condemned. You can't condemn a person. You don't. You know, in fact, we don't condemn them when they have sin in their lives. We're not the condemners. God's the one who condemns. In fact, you remember Jesus didn't even come to condemn. For the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. He's the Savior of the world. So when we look at people and we see things, we might could look at their actions, but we don't condemn. We're not the condemners. And so these first two, judging and, condemn, and, and uh, condemning, go together in that sense. You cannot, in most things, uh, motives, those kind of, you can't judge it. You can't condemn. Leave that to God. He knows all of those things. So there were two negative ones. There's a sowing and reaping principle there. You judge, you condemn, it's going to come back on you. There's a third one, and it's positive. I think, is there a third one? Okay, go ahead and go to the next one. Yeah, there it is. Pardon, forgive. He says, pardon, forgive, and you will be pardoned. You will be forgiven. Forgive others, you'll be forgiven. Let's think about the subject of forgiveness. It's huge. It's huge. Because people hurt us all the time. People hurt us, they don't even mean to hurt us. Somebody goes by, hey, how you doing? They didn't speak. You go, they didn't speak to me. They don't even know they hurt you. They don't know they didn't even speak to you. They're in another world, and you're going, I'm pretty upset because they didn't speak to me. What? He says, pardon, forgive. Let's think about the subject of forgiveness. What is forgiveness? It means, the Greek word means to lift up, to take away, to release the debt, to let it go. It means to let it go. It means that you don't hold that person accountable, expecting them to come say they're sorry. It's like somebody does you wrong and you forgive them, meaning I'm releasing the debt and letting it go. I know people are saying, I'm just waiting. They need to come over here. They need to tell me what they did. I know children who are grown who are saying, my, my father still has never said that he was sorry for some of the things that he did. They've never forgiven their father. Forgiveness means to let it go. The word actually means to be lifted up and taken away. It's releasing the debt. Sometimes people do us wrong. And they come and ask for forgiveness. They say, I, I, I blew it. I'm so sorry. What do we do? You forgive. You release the debt. You remember Peter, we're going to see it later. Peter said, you know, when, when, when you forgive people, because the Pharisees taught that you forgive people, you know, a couple of times. And he said, well, I, I forgive people. He said, how many times? Seven? No, he said seven times. Seventy. Every time. Every time that somebody asks for forgiveness, you forgive them. But what if they don't ask? What if they say, you too sensitive? What if they say, I didn't really hurt you? What do you do then? You still forgive. You release the debt. You know why? Because forgiveness is for your benefit. Now, if a person walked up to you and said, would you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I wasn't watching what I was doing. I didn't mean to, you know. And they need that. And you say, I forgive you. Let it go. That's, that's helping them. But ultimately, all forgiveness comes back to us. And it's for our benefit. It's for our benefit. You know what happens if you don't forgive somebody? Somebody hurts you. And they don't ever say anything. They just go on. You know what happens? We get mad. And then we get bitter. 
And then we get angry. And then we get depressed. And years go by and we say, you know, I can't believe that person. When I was, when I was a senior in college, that person did this. Have you ever gotten over that? No, I tell you, they, they, I, don't, I don't know how to get over this. Never forgiven. We're still waiting for that person to come and say they were sorry. You won't be better the rest of your life? Just don't forgive. Let me tell you. Every day of your life, you're going to run into people, and people sometimes are going to do you wrong. Sometimes on purpose, sometimes not on purpose. Sometimes they're not even going to know they did something. If you don't release those debts, you're going to go through life as a bitter, angry, depressed person. It's for your benefit. Forgiveness is for our benefit. I read this. It said, it's far better to forgive and forget than to resent and to remember. We put ourselves in bondage if we don't forgive people. I found this poem. Listen to this. I opened up the prison door and I used forgiveness as the key. And when I let the prisoner go, I found that it was me. We're the ones in prison if we don't forgive. We're the ones who are hurt and are damaged. Do you know that sometimes people who do you wrong could care less? We're over there fuming that they did us wrong, and they say, Who cares about you? My gracious, I'm going on with my life. We're going to be bitter the rest of our life, and that person doesn't even care. Let it go. Release the debt. If some of us, we've been hurt in the past, and we're still holding on to the hurts. Can't do it. Release the debt. Let me give you some things about forgiveness. Here's number one. The basis for forgiveness. Our basis for forgiving others is because God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us. We think of how we have fallen short and we've sinned, and God in His grace and mercy through Jesus Christ has forgiven us. We must do the same. You said this, if we refuse to forgive, there can be only one reason, and that is that I have never understood the grace of Christ. That's what it's all about. The basis for forgiveness, the basis for forgiveness is our Savior Jesus. Think of any of the ways we've ever offended the living God, and most of it on purpose. And what does He do in Jesus Christ? He loves us with an everlasting love. He sent His Son to die in our place, and we are forgiven through Him. Now, there's a couple of other things I want you to think about. Number two is this. We are not saying they did not do wrong. When you forgive a person, when you release the debt, we're not saying they didn't really do anything wrong. Because sometimes people say, well, if I just let it go, it's like they didn't do it, and, and, and they were wrong. We're not saying they didn't do wrong. They did. And let me tell you something. God deals with all people. Believers and unbelievers. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you reap. That's for all people, for all time. So when we say you better forgive, it's, it's, not, it's not that they didn't do us wrong. They did. We recognize that, but we forgive. There is a third thing. We are not letting them get away with this sin. People say, well, they did me wrong, and, and if I forgive them, and I never hold them to it, and, and I release the dead, and I don't even think about it, and I, then they just got away with it. 
Nobody ever gets away with sin in any way, shape, or form. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. Don't be fooled. God's not mocked. You don't do wrong and then say, I think you're going to forget that one, aren't you? No. God is the one who deals with people. They, they don't get away with sin. The Bible says, return evil with good. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. You know, people don't get away with those kind of things. Just remember this. You're not the one to get them back. You're not the one. God will deal with people. Romans 14. Leave the vengeance to the Lord. So when somebody hurts us, if they ask for forgiveness, always forgive 70 times 7. If somebody hurts us and they don't ask for forgiveness, always forgive. It's for our benefit. Because based on why God has forgiven us in Jesus Christ, just trust Him. He will deal with them. Release the debt. Some people say, well, how do you know if you've forgiven? How do you know? Because, see, sometimes, you know, you'll think of that person or something, and all of a sudden that, that memory will come back, and those emotions will come back, and if that memory and emotions come back, then, then you haven't forgiven them. Well, the truth is, yes, you have. You may always. There's something wrong with your brain. You're going to probably remember most things, and your emotions are tied in with that. Just because they're emotions and just because you remember does not mean you haven't forgiven them. Forgiveness is releasing the dead. And if there's a doubt, you say, Lord, I just I want to give it back to you. I release it. I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I don't want them to ever. I, it's, I'm not expecting them to ever come do a thing. Release the dead. These truths will change our lives. What have we seen? Don't judge and you'll not be judged. The Word of God is the judge, not you. Don't condemn and you'll not be condemned because God is the one who does the condemning. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Just as God has forgiven us, we forgive others. I want to talk about, just for a little bit, some applications. And that's why I've left a little bit of time, because the applications, I just want us to, to think through it. Let's look at the first application. Let's not judge or condemn others. Let's just don't do it. We're not talking about sinful actions. We're not talking about things that are contrary to the Word of God. We're talking about things you can't see, that you can't know. We're, not, we're talking about motives and attitudes and those kind of things. We cannot judge a person's motives. You don't know why they do what they do. Only God knows that. You can judge an action. That's okay. When somebody's doing something that's wrong, you know it's contrary to the Scripture. It's the Scripture that's the judge, not you. And it's okay to say to them, you know, the Bible says this is wrong. And they may say, don't judge me. And say, well, I'm not judging you. The Scripture is judging you. But we can't judge the others. A, God's Word is the judge of actions. It is. God's Word tells us the right and wrong. And so if you're going to go to a person when they're doing something that's wrong, it's wrong because the Word of God said it's wrong, not because you said it's wrong. B, God judges people's motives. You cannot judge their motives. You do not know. When somebody sings, somebody teaches, somebody helps somebody, somebody does something, you can't say, they just did that. So people say, you don't know. You can't judge them. He knows their heart. He knows why people do what they do. Leave it to Him. The second big application is let's forgive others who hurt us. 
when we're hurt, people do us wrong, forgive them. Sometimes it's an accident. You've hurt people and you didn't even know it. You didn't do it on purpose. If somebody were to come to you and said, you just hurt me, sometimes you'd go, are you kidding me? I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it. Sometimes they come and they ask. A, if they ask for forgiveness, always forgive. Seventy times seven. But what if they just keep doing it over and over? Keep forgiving. B. If they do not ask for forgiveness, always forgive. Why? Number one, it's for our benefit. It's for you. You don't want to be bitter the rest of your life. You don't want to be angry. You don't want to be saying, that person hurt me and I'm never getting over this. Why not? You want them to control you the rest of your life? Let it go. That's why God says, forgive. So that you won't be angry or bitter or depressed. Number two, because it's based on God's forgiveness of us. That's why we forgive just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven us. We must forgive others. And if you say, I'm not forgiving, then think back and say, okay, what about God? Should He look at me now and say, guess what? (laughs) I'm not going to forgive you. And you know that's true, and we'll talk about it in just a second. Third, God will deal with them. That's why you forgive. Let God deal with people. Nobody gets away with sin. Now let me tell you, you you may have memories. And you may have the emotions that are connected with this. I can still remember a time when I was uh, coaching at Mississippi State. We hired this... We hired a, Coach Tyler hired a, hired a coach who had, uh, say this in a, I don't know how to say it, he, he was fired from another job. He was a head coach at a university, was fired. Coach Tyler hired him to, hired him to be our assistant head coach. And uh, back in those days, you know, we had on our football staff, we had 18 coaches and all 18 were Christians. We were just, it was a great group. And when this guy came, I went straight to him and said, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Let me ask you something. If you were to die, would you go to heaven? I just want to make sure that you know Christ as Savior. He got very angry at me. And there was another coach that was with me. And so from that point on, he tried to do everything he could to get, a, get us fired. And he almost succeeded. And when I think of that now, it's a bad emotion. It's not a great memory. But the forgiveness is long ago. In fact, you know what happened years after that? He became a Christian. Not for me. I didn't have an opportunity to talk with him. So there are going to be times in your life that things have happened to you, and when you think about it, it'll be a sad memory. It'll be a hurtful memory. There'll be emotions there. But that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven. Release the debt. Now, there's another part I just want to talk about, and this is C. Forgive yourself. See, sometimes you do wrong, and you sin, and you do it on purpose, and you know it. And you know what the Bible says? It says, when you sin, what are you supposed to do? What? Confess it. It says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And sometimes you do something wrong and you say, oh Lord, I, I, I did this, I lied, I, 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 I bring this to you. And the Bible says, if we, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive, we are forgiven and cleansed. But you don't forgive yourself. And you say, how can I do that? How can I do that? God can't use me. I'm just a slob. I'm a jerk. I'm not worthy to ever be used. 
by God. Now he says, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. There's an old saying that says when God deals with our sins, he throws them in the depth of the sea and he puts up a no fishing sign. So let it go. Forgive yourself. Now, I want you to understand something about God's forgiveness, okay? When you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, every sin for all time, past, present, and future, are forgiven. It's called positional forgiveness, and it's based on your relationship with God. You are forgiven forever. But experientially, based on your fellowship with God as you go through life, sometimes you sin. When you do, He wants you to confess that, and He's faithful and just to forgive you. So in all sins for all time, in your relationship with God, you're completely forgiven for all time. That's why your relationship can never change. You're a child of God forever. But your fellowship can change because you can have sin in your life and that breaks fellowship, not relationship. And so when you sin, you confess sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you. Don't judge. You won't be judged. Don't condemn. He won't be condemned. Forgive, pardon, and you'll be pardoned. May we not judge or condemn others, but may we, just as God has forgiven us in Christ Jesus, forgive others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a passage. Thank you for these truths. Help us to be able to put it together and know it and understand it. Lord, we know that in our lives there are going to be times that that, uh, we get hurt. There are going to be times we want to judge something and we want to condemn something. And Lord, we can only judge an action based on the Word of God, and, and it's your Word that's the judge. Lord, you judge it all. You deal with people's motives. You know it all. And so, Lord, may we not judge or condemn in those kind of areas, but we trust in you. And then, Lord, may we forgive. We know that sometimes people are going to hurt us accidentally. Sometimes people are going to hurt us on purpose. Lord, may we always forgive. We know it's really for us. And it's based on what Jesus has done for us, how you forgive us in Christ. We know you're going to deal with it. And Lord, may we do that. Sometimes there'll be memories. Sometimes there'll be heartache. Sometimes there'll be emotion. But Lord, we always release the debt so that we can live for you. Thank you that we are totally forgiven the moment we believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. We are forgiven in our relationship. And, Lord, we know that sometimes we need forgiveness in our fellowship. May we confess our sins. Thank you, Lord, for these truths. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.